Hi, friend. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Long time no see. <laughs> Hi. Uh, where's my wine? Oh, no. Okay. We are drinking a Riesling today. Oh, this is Bookaholics Anonymous. Hi, Francesca. I'm Alicia. Um, and we're on our third bottle of wine. Yeah, we're on our third bottle of wine. So we're really living up to the Bookaholics well, part. the alcoholics part, for the, sure. It's, it's implied alcoholics. Yeah. Ooh. 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 Um, yes, but we're having a nice Riesling. We are. It's from Trader Joe's. So. Oh, I love that. Well, I have yawn. No yawning. Are you kidding? Why don't we... Um... Exchange our books? Yes. Okay. Okay. So we're doing a wrap up this week. Yes. And yes. in honor of the wrap up, we both got each other books for Christmas along with other gifts, but like we both got each other's um, books. So we're going to exchange them right now. Yeah. We um, were going to do all of the gifts for you guys, but Alicia is terrible at receiving gifts and did not want to be audio recorded receiving true. said gifts. It's so true. It's true. We decided to just exchange the book. Yes. Plural, because I'm a piece of shit and only got her one, and she got me two. <laughs> Mine was on discount, the one book, so. Okay. Still doesn't make me feel any better, but it's okay. Just, all right, whatever. All right, Are we let's ready? get this book. Okay. At least get these bookies instead of bitches. Oh. All right. Oh, that's a bottle of wine coming with it. <laughs> At least it's empty. Yeah. Okay, ready? All right. <sighs> It's the way it's the way we're literally re-exchanging each other's bags. bags. Now, before you open this, I just want to say, uh huh, the way I picked this book was going to Target, uh huh, searching oh, it, no. every single book as I'm going down the aisle to see if it's on your Goodreads. <laughs> so if it said you read it, obviously I didn't pick it up. This one I found, and it was on your two to read or want to read. Yeah. So that's how you ended up with this book. Wow. I do the same thing for my one friend who's, like, anal. Thank God Alicia keeps her Goodreads updated. Okay. I love this because I was going to read final... So this is um, the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix. I was going to read Final Girls Club... or Support right, group. Support yeah. group that Francesca covered a couple episodes back because she made it sound so good that <gasps> I was, was like... it was so good. It, it sounded so good. I was like, I have to read this book. It sounds amazing. And I haven't gotten around to it yet, but I think I will still read it. So this is by the same author who wrote that book. So very exciting. Yes, so exciting. And it just so happens, yeah, uh, it was on her to-be-read list. It so. was. It was. Because actually, funny enough, book club, my book club that I host, it, this was one of the choices last year for October. <laughs> it, it almost got picked, but I, I can't remember what went out instead. But I think it was Mexican Gothic. Oh, yeah, because yeah. you covered Mexican Gothic. I did, yep. Okay, so now my turn. So we have Unsolved Crimes, which I will 100% solve by the end of this book, <laughs> by Sarah Herman, and The Removed by Brandon Hobson. That one's a mystery, I believe. You know me. I love a good mystery. And it's short. Yes, it is. That's why Alicia I knows it. me. I think it's under 300. We love to see Double it. Double check that. But it, it looks like it's like maybe just 300. Yeah, no, it's under 300. It's 269. See, look, I know you. 270. 270 is I know count. you. What can I say? All of them whispering, home. That's the last line. See, that sounds very ominous. Ominous, yeah. Oh, but I want to know about this one. Oh, that one, oh. Is, that one is the discount book. Oh my God, <laughs> I don't care. Who was behind the assassination of Archbishop Oscar... Romano, Romer, Romanov, Romaner, oh, Romaner. interesting, interesting. Who killed Sir Harry Oakes? Who who killed him? I want to know. Francesca will figure it out. Don't worry. Mm, the who assassinated Michael Collins? Who is this guy? I don't <laughs> care. No, I shouldn't say that. He's the person <laughs> oh, who no. died, and I'm gonna figure out who did it. Don't worry. I'm gonna figure it out. She'll get I love back this. to you. Going to be read. I will read both of those. Okay, you want to get started? Um, I don't think there's anything else we really have to talk about. Yeah. So. Let's do the damn thing. Let's jump, hop, skip, jump into this one. So we're going to go backwards. So to, to preface this, we're going to talk about our top 10 favorite reads of this year. 
And then we're going to give a couple most anticipated and then one. Yes, I did worst. one. The worst read that we had this year, the one that we did not like. Right. We, we don't like to be so, like, very negative. But. You know? But there's got to be at least one. Yeah. So, so all of the books I'm covering will be ones that I've actually read on the podcast because I'm not Alicia and I don't <laughs> read outside of what I have to do for this podcast you, because I don't have the attention span for it. Do you want to know how many books I've read? I so don't want to know. It's hold one. on. Hold on. Ready? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've read 101 books so far this year. You're good. Okay. I don't want to know because I don't need to feel bad about myself. I already <laughs> do that on my own without your help. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so now, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? We're going to start with 10, right? Yes, out of 10. So we'll start with 10, right? Yeah. Okay, so my number 10 is Maybe You Should Talk to Someone by Lori Goldtlieb, and I gave it four stars. Okay, I did not write down the author's names, because I'm stupid. That's okay, I just copy and pasted, so Oh, well, I just wrote down the titles, because that's what I had. Most of these... I, well, I did own at one point. So if you want to borrow them, let me know. <laughs> I want to borrow the Grady Hendrix one. Um, the horror store. I see it right, right. here. Yes. Yeah. You can go. So ahead and I'll take be that taking one. that home with me. As Lori's longtime partner dumps her out of the blue and sets her into a spiral. She dissects her own therapy as well as the sessions she's providing to others. So she is also a therapist. Ooh. Yes. It's very interesting. It's a nonfiction. I think Shannon would like this book. My Sh- therapist. Shannon would like this book. It's um, actually the full title is maybe you should talk to someone, a therapist, her therapist, and our lives, like our lives um, dissected or something like mm-hmm. that. Our lives. Um, yeah. Something like that. But it's really, it was really good. Actually, the last couple chapters made me cry. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a really good book. And it's good for anyone who's looking to maybe think about therapy or is interested in therapy or becoming a therapist or wants to learn more about like how therapy works. Because Lori goes into sessions that she has with her different clients mm-hmm. with, while keeping like confidentiality yeah. and all that. Um, and it's like kind of a good gauge of like maybe if therapy, if you, th- maybe if it would be a good fit for you or not. Mm-hmm. So that's my number 10 and I give it four stars. Mm-hmm. Well, my number 10 was Summer Water by Sarah Moss. And I know that name off the top of my head because I've read her other stuff. Mm-hmm. I loved this book cause I just, I personally love like literary books. I love like beautiful scenery, beautiful Things like that when I'm in the mood for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Other times I'm just like, get to the fucking point, which is why this book is number 10 for me because I love it at times, but sometimes you just want to get to the fucking point. (laughs) And um, it's just like a really easy read. I had a really tragic ending. I don't know if you remember this book. They were, it was about different families in a cottage and I think it was Scotland and they were like all in like vacation cottages and then one of them burns down um and it's just like a beautiful just like just like a story you know that Mm -hmm. you would tell to your friends it's not like complicated like it's just a story and i just just enjoyed that um so that was my number 10 do you want me to go for number nine first sure okay so then my number nine was actually a children's bible love that i do remember that one vividly yes because i personally love a good dystopian like the whole concept of the book was very interesting to me right Without, and I really enjoyed it because it's not centered specifically on religion, regardless of what the title, like, Might says. Might you to believe. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of why it's number nine, is that it's just, like, the title is very, like, it, it, it deceptive mm-hmm. in that, like, it mentions a children's Bible, but it's not really what, unless I'm missing something from reading it, and if I am, and the, you're the author, please let me know, <laughs> and I missed something, but, like. The, the title just didn't fit with the story, I think. If it had been a different story, like, it's a different title, maybe it would have been a different read for me. Um, but I was just waiting for that children's Bible to become a prominent feature, and it didn't. And I was really disappointed in that. Yeah. Because I remember my children's Bible. I had several of them because I kept losing them. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Same. Yeah, I also don't remember any, like, 
reason it would be named that either. Yeah. So. Um, also, all of the books that I talk about, me, Francesca, hi, how are you? <laughs> you can go back and listen to those episodes, so I don't feel the need to describe them <laughs> and their premise, because I covered all of these, unlike Alicia, who is a tryhard and reads more than necessary. I will let you know when I have books oh. that we have covered. There's a couple. Did you hear I that did. Crack? That was disgusting. That was my kneecap. Ma'am, I'm going to need you to get out of the premise. Get out of the premise? Yeah, leave. Oh, the premises? Yeah. There's an S it at the end matter. of that. I'm dyslexic, but I can spell that. Actually, no, I can't. But I know the context. <laughs> so my number nine was Ace of Spades by... Um, Farida Abike, oh my gosh, I wrote like the the um, pronunciation out, but I like lost the freaking paper, of course. Emiere, uh, Emiere, I think it's what it is. Farida Abike Emiere, and I gave it four stars. Mm-hmm. And it's a dark academia that takes place at a boarding school for the wealthy when two black students who come from completely different social circles are harassed, they join forces to figure out what's really going on. Ooh. Yes. And I gave this four stars. I literally finished it in maybe a day, oh, maybe a day and a half. It was like a page turner. The only reason I gave it four stars instead of five was, one, I could tell the author was not from the U.S. Just from the way she described the the boarding like the private school Mm -hmm. and the the city layout it just didn't make sense where's the city it's just supposed to be in the u.s that's interesting because as people that work in publishing we would know that most books that are written by foreign authors or Mm -hmm. by you know even british authors they'll edit and tweak this the book to fit uh, the American English vernacular. It's, so, it's not even the vernacular. It's just the way the city is laid out and the way that the people interact with each other. That's mm, like, I just can't. Something's think, off. Yeah, something's off. Like, I could tell as soon as I started reading it that the author was not from the U.S. And it's supposed to be set in the U.S. Mm. Like, if this was a book that was supposed to be set in the U.K., um, that wouldn't be a problem because. That's how it was run. That's yeah. supposed to be how it's that, written. Yeah, like. Well, I, I was talking about, like, with Harry Potter, like, it's the Philosopher's Stone in England, and it's the Sorcerer's Stone in the U.S. Right. So they'll make little tweaks for it to, like, make sense in the U.S. So, like, that's why I'm surprised they didn't do that for this. But, yeah, but it's not the... Yeah, I, yeah. But if, it, if it's, it's full not, chunks of text, you can't really do that. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely, like... So a lot of the book has to revolve around the two characters. One comes from, like, a really wealthy uh, family, and then the other comes from, like, he's a scholarship kid. Okay. He comes from, like, the poor neighborhoods. And the way that they're written, it's, like, the poor neighborhoods are going to be farther away from the rich neighborhoods, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they're not going to be very close together in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just how the, it, yeah. how segregation and racism yeah. works here. You're going to have, like, your upper class, and then your middle class is, like, the border to the exactly. border there's towns. Yeah, there's, like, a buffer. Parts of town. So I could just tell instantly that from that that it wasn't written by a U.S. author. And that's, like, that part is, like, minor issues. The bigger issue was that these characters didn't, um, like, didn't pull in racism earlier. Like, they didn't think racism could have played into this suit like soon yeah. enough. I just felt like it was very blatantly obvious from very early on that they should have looked at like the racism at like angle. <laughs> and I say that as like someone who's white, but it's like <laughs> very clear to me that like it this they were definitely being targeted because they were black. Yeah. And I just felt like that should have been explored earlier than it was. Mm. Like it took a very long time. It took basically for it to be spelled out for them to look at mm. that. And that was, like, kind of frustrating. Yeah, that's fair. So, yeah, that was my number nine. Should I should I do number yeah. eight now? My number eight, very excitingly, is Last Night at the Telegraph Club by M- Melinda Lowe. Now I gave it four and a half stars. <laughs> I love how you're giving the stars. Ow! Yeah, because I'm a professional reviewer, Francesca. I just elbowed the shit out of this wall. Oh, my God. Well, I hope my neighbors love that. The, um, Last Night at the Telegraph Club is a historical fiction set in San Francisco during the Red Scare. 
And it follows this girl See, named... See, this is a historical fiction. I know. I think this might have been um, nominated for historical fiction. This might have been what I voted for, because I thought this book was so lovely. To be clear, we're referencing our conversation about Goodreads. Last episode, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Malibu Rising winning Best Historical Fiction, which... It's not historical. It's yeah. not been 50 years. Right. Actually, yeah, I... holy shit, has it been 50 years since the Yes, 70s? it has. Well, no. No, it hasn't, because my parents were high schoolers in the 80s so okay well my parents are in their 60s and they, they were, were almost 40 it's, it's almost they're gonna be in their 40 they're gonna have their 40th anniversary in like four or five four years i think three years that's so gross to think about yeah well that's because when, that's when i'll have my 10 years so that's how i know because my dad is 10 years younger than or sorry 30 years older than me oh mm. so so yeah it takes place during the red scare and it follows this character named lily who's discovering the lgbtq plus scene during this time while also exploring how this time impacted asian americans and asian immigrants during the red scare and and all that Mm. so i really liked it i thought it was so cute and it's a if for anyone who's looking for this kind of thing it's a lesbian story the main character is a lesbian and I really didn't know a lot about how like LGBTQ plus people like lived during this time. So it was really interesting to learn about that kind of stuff, like the clubs they had to go to, the hiding they had to go through and all that. So mm-hmm. it was really interesting. I really loved it a lot. I actually um, like noted, like um, I took notes in my copy and gave it away. So. Oh, mm-hmm. fun. I love getting books that are annotated. Annotated. Yeah. That's my favorite. So then my number eight is Lost Girls by Robert Kulker. I know the author's name for this one because I've read his other work. Yes. And I loved the story because it hit a little close to home for me. Yes. Because it happened on Long Island, which if you're new to the podcast, I'm (laughs) from Long Island. So this hit very close. Um, But I really loved that it included so much about the families and especially so much about the victims. I feel like it's in true crime, it's very easy to dive into the perpetrators and the crimes itself and the victims kind of get lost. So I really appreciated this story in the fact that it told more about the victims than it did about the actual crimes. And you get to... These victims really become people and less victims... In that sense, if that makes sense. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Okay. For sure. I just need one person to validate me. You know this. Um, <laughs> so that's why I love this book so much is that you really learn more about the victims. Um, and I think it's so important to highlight these women because they are the center of the story. But because of the fact that this was literally written within months of their bodies actually being found, obviously the information about the investigation and different perpetrators and potential criminals um, is a little outdated, to say the least. Yeah. Like I said, you should all go listen to Billy Jensen's Unsolved, on another podcast that talks about this at great length, and uh, to understand fully the story. So, like, that's why I love this book, was that I couldn't leave it off the list because I really did appreciate how the author talked about these women and their families And didn't make it about the crime itself. I think that's so important and something that's so forgotten in true crime is that these victims were people before they were victims. Right. And that can get so muddled and lost in true crime. So I really appreciated the author for how he handled the conundrum that is dealing with (laughs) talking about these victims, but also talking about this crime. So like I said, it's only number eight for me because the information in the, the book about the perpetrator is just outdated it's because it's been 10 years. Right. Which is disgusting to think about. That's crazy. That's that so, so gross crazy. to me. These women were found in 2012 and nobody's been arrested. That's so gross. That's so crazy. That, yeah, no, it's just, it's not okay. And I don't love this. But I do love this book. So my number seven is I'm a therapist and my patient is the next school shooter. Oh my gosh, I do remember this. This episode. one I think was my either the first or second book I covered of the year. Uh, yes, I do remember. It was self published, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm yes, pretty sure because there's no this. author. I think it was like anonymous or right or 
some something like something that. yeah or like a pseudonym something like that but right i love this book because first of all it was super fucking short <laughs> it was like 150 pages at most but <laughs> at most but i really loved how each story of the patients were kind of interwoven in how they knew each other and how how they all played into the next story and it was just like it was a really well timed. I definitely want to read the next one because if you don't remember, the therapist goes to prison at the end of the first one, and now I want to read about him in prison. No, don't <laughs> worry. Um, but the only reason it's at number seven is because I forgot that I read this book until I looked at my Goodreads and saw that I had read it. So <laughs> I was like, okay, you're number seven. So that's why this is number seven. What is your number seven? My number seven. We're not. We're literally not going to give to a book that I covered on the pod until top four. So my number seven is the Ninth House or Ninth House by Lee Bardugo, and I gave it five stars. Um, it's a dark academia about a secret society that deals with with the uh, with mystical at Yale at the school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And fun fact: Lee Bardugo went to Yale and was in a secret society when she was there. Oh, that's not suspicious. It's very. It's an adult book. So, Lee Bardugo... Oh, so there's sex. Um, hmm. Is there sex? There might be, but it's more for, like, the violence in it. Oh. Yeah, it's a lot of violence and, like, creepy stuff and drug use. Ooh, fun. Yeah, it's very... It's a very dark book. Uh, Lee Bardugo wrote the... Do you have Shadow... Am I taking home? I do. Yeah, I do, actually. Oh, bet. I'm taking that. It's right there, actually. I'm taking that and Horror Store home with me. So, Lee Bardugo wrote um, Shadow and Bone, the series. Oh, okay. The trilogy. And many more. They're adult, they're YA books. And this book is definitely not YA. It is an adult book and it is very fucked up. And the main <laughs> character's name is Alex. And she's got a fucked up past. Like, she was into, she like got into the wrong, with the wrong people. And it's crazy. And that's why it is a um adult book and i think it's going to be a series and it's been taken on by amazon so it's going to be adapted oh fun okay side note yes um did you hear how universal has basically not like bought but is like partnering with webpad yes i did paramount wasn't it no it's universal i thought it was paramount plus well, it's going to be developed on Paramount Plus, oh, but you. I think, I think, do not quote us on this, but like they're partnering with... Yes, I with did bo- see the tweet or something that you sent yeah, me that was like, like, wait until, just you wait until all the One Direction kidnap me fix get listen, adapted. Listen, I cannot wait for them to find another Harry Styles because there's only one Harden. Right. There's only so much that that man can do. I can't wait till they get to the five sauce ones. Listen, if they use the same actor to play Hart that played Harden <laughs> in like... That. Every the single continuity. one of these One Direction picks, I think I would simply pass away. I would watch them all. And he's going to get the bag if they choose to I use I love him. that. Good for him. Good for him. We literally. love Ralph Finney's... Finney's? Finney's? Fines? Fines? I don't know. Um, nephew. Right. Hero something something. Hero. That's the name. Yeah. Yeah. Something something something. Because he has like six something. names, but right. it's fine. <laughs> oh boy. What an episode this is. <laughs> Um, that was your number seven? That was number seven. So number six, six is Bear Town by Frederick Bach- Bachman. Mm. I heard about that one. It's also a show. It got adapted. That's why I've heard of it. Yes, it's on <laughs> HBO Max. I have not... I only watched the first episodes. It's a sub... It's um, subbed. It's originally in Swedish. Ooh! <gasps> Ooh, send that to me. I'm gonna watch it. Yes. I'm not gonna read the book. I'm gonna fucking watch it. So, <laughs> Bear Town is about... A, it's a... In a small hockey town in Sweden, a rape puts the town at odds with each other. A co- it's a commentary on how we treat victims versus perpetrators, especially when the perp has a higher social standing. Oh! I cannot wait to devour this. So it's a character study, basically, into all the different people in the town. Ooh, I like that. I love character studies. There's three books. I've only read the first one. The first one was phenomenal, but it's very, like, heavy. So is the first one a character study and the rest, like, an actual story? I don't know. I've not read the other two. That's interesting. But the first one is definitely, like, it's a story, but it's also a huge character study. That's interesting. Listen, the Swedes, they know how to write a book. I'm pretty sure, isn't Girl... uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, written by a Swedish author. I think so. Swedish, Nordic. Let's put it that way, because Nordic is like, it encompasses all of them, right? I, I think, think so, so, yeah. Yeah, so Nordic authors, listen, if, side note, if you, mm, I don't know if Iceland is considered Nordic, but 
<laughs> the Valhalla Murders on Netflix, if you haven't watched it yet. I have watched those. Girl. I to have our listeners those. who haven't watched it. It's so so fucking good. And I highly encourage people to listen to them in their original audio with the subtitles. Because That's how I watch them. Yeah, because the audio dubs really don't do it justice. I started watching Dark and I flipped it to the audio dub, the, the English dubs, just to see, like, just to, because I was curious. And I was in one scene and she said, the actress said one thing in English and I was like, I can't do this. Because you, the, the dubs don't portray, like, the emotion of the scene the same way like the original actor does right you can't you can't and like you can't why would you want to like you want to hear it in that original voice so just do it expand your fucking horizons (laughs) anyway sorry i went off what was your number six my number six Oh boy. Was The Turnout by Megan Abbott. Or is it Meg Abbott? I don't remember. Meg Abbott was the one that wrote. No, I'm pretty sure you're right. Megan Abbott. Meg. She was an Abbott. And her name started with an M. And it was a Meg or a Megan. Anyway. It was actually a really big toss up between this book and Final Girl Support Group for number six. Oh, interesting. And I went with this one because I, I identified it with it more because of my own ballet trauma. Mm-hmm. So I was like, no, this one has to go on the list. It has to. Um, I really love... I feel like ballet as trauma has not been explored enough. (laughs) And like using ballet as a vehicle for trauma has not been explored enough. I love a good dance movie. Listen, you cannot get me to shut the fuck up about the the Step Up movies. I've never watched them, so... Shut up. I'm not into dance movies. I think the first step up is the first thing we're going to watch when this is over. Oh, boy. Ugh. It's Channing Tatum and Jenna Dewan's love story. And you get petite Allison Stoner. Um, Anyway, the rest of them are garbage, and I fucking hate the rest of the step up movies. It's the original that matters. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, Center stage? Forget about it. Anyway. Forget about it. This book, (laughs) um, I really loved that that it really explored ballet in that regard. And it wasn't just like a one-off, oh, the the character does ballet, but it was like at the center of the story. I think it was super important. And I love how the author incorporated it into the story. Right. And it was a thriller, which we know is my bread and butter. Right. So like, give me the good shit and give it to me good. <laughs> um, so it was like really just like a combination of my two favorite things, which, but at the same time, didn't love the little, incest part of the butt like in the end half yeah like, that's a little mm, didn't uh, love that uh, so that was like why it's number six because right. i loved the story but like that got a little much for me but i understand why it happened right sorry chloe kardashian incest is not best <laughs> or is she the one that said bigger the oh the bigger the hoe don't know i don't I know. don't follow the kardashians my i just catch them vaguely okay so now my number five mm-hmm is Hidden Valley Road by Robert Kalker. Of course. Because it couldn't not be on this list because it's one of our best performing episodes. It is, yes. <laughs> Which I don't understand why. I know, it's so long. It's so long. And it's a really heavy topic. Right. Which, like, you would think wouldn't do well. <laughs> like, no. you would think people would want more lighthearted stuff. But I really think this was such, like, a beautiful story of this family's struggle to understand itself. And I feel like it's such an important story to tell, especially like nowadays when mental health is, and not just mental health, but what's the word I'm looking for? It's not mental health, but like mental illness. Yes. Mental illness is like such a uh, talked about subject today that I think it's really important that we reevaluate how we treat our, our patients and how we treat people as a society, even if they aren't fucking mentally ill, just... As Harry Styles would say, treat people with kindness. Um, But like I said, this family, it's really such a sad story, but the author does such an amazing job of sharing this family's story without it seeming like expletive or exploitive. Right. Um, It really seemed like he was just there to tell their story. And I think that's like such an important thing when you are a nonfiction biographer is to... Tell the story without mm, exploiting the people that you're writing about. And I think this author does it very well. It's the same author that wrote Lost Girls. And I love his work. I think he does a great job. So that was my number five. What's your number five? So 
My number five is Somebody's Daughter by Ashley C. Ford, and I gave it five stars. I think I've heard of this book. You definitely have. It was it was um it was a pretty big book. Um, it's a nonfiction. Mm-hmm. It's a memoir into the life of a girl who grew up without a father because he's in prison. But, Ooh, but so a little lemonade mouth. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Um, her, so she's in prison, but yet she still puts him on a pedestal, a pedestal without knowing what he went to prison for. Again, a little lemonade mouth. <laughs> a la Bridget Mendler, that whole movie is a letter to her dad in prison. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite interesting. I, I put it as number five because Ashley's writing paints childhood exactly how you remember it. She'll talk about things that I forgot about and then she'll bring them up and I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, that's exactly how it was. It's phenomenal. She did such a good job. And it's actually, it's it's not really, like, it doesn't really focus on her dad and her relationship, which, but th- that does play, like, a huge part. It's more like Ashley's childhood and how that really affected her as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it's just so phenomenal. She did such a good job. It's just chef's kiss. So good. So my number four is Lost in the Neverwoods by Aiden Thomas. I remember this one. I know, because it was so good. So I gave it five stars, obviously. And if you don't remember, we have an episode about this. I covered it on the pod. Um, It's a modern-day retelling of Peter Pan that really captures what we can take away from Peter Pan's story as a modern-day audience. Aiden shines through keeping intact the sinister feel of the original, and that's what he really does well with this story. I love this book. I thought it was fantastic. I thought he did such a good job with the whole story, the whole characterization. Just, oh, chef's kiss. I recommend re-listening to that episode. (laughs) My turn? Mm Mm-hmm. So my number four was The Project by Courtney Summers. Listen, we love a cult. We We do. We love a mystery. We do. And we love Courtney Summers. And we love the way that I was going to read this, and then you covered it. (laughs) Okay, but you can still read it. Like, uh, you can still read it. It's the same way you were going to read uh, Final, Girl, Final Girl Support Group. Yeah, but it's different. And it's been months since we covered it. Like, I still know the twist. I forgot the twist. No, I still know the twist. I Well, no, I, I think I know what you're talking about. But yeah. anyway, I thought this was a fantastic book, especially as an introduction to Courtney Summers. I think she does. I'm not a big YA person, as we all know, but this is a great introduction into YA. Oh, you should read Sadie. That's such a good one. That's such a good one. Sadie is so good. I will probably have to read it. I have it here. I think. I'm going to be taking so many home books. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, But I just love like with this book that it's so real for someone to want to go to the ends of the earth for their sibling. And as someone who has sisters of my own i know i would i would do anything for them and i really identified with lo as a character um until she went bad shit crazy like towards the end that was a little questionable mm-hmm. um but at the same time i am also bad shit crazy so i feel like i would fall for it too you know what i mean right, like, right 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 i don't want to say i would be in the cult but like i would get i feel like i would get duped you know like at the <laughs> end when she's like holy shit yeah you know what i mean like yeah i don't want to be low but i'd end up being low you right. know so that was my whole take on it. I really did love Courtney Summers as an author. I think she's she, fantastic. She did a great job. And it's and it can be very tricky writing a cult because you don't want it to be yes. too cliche. Right. And I don't think she did that. I think she really like she towed the line very well. And she stayed on the right side of it. Of that line. Right. So great job. Loved it. Ten out of ten recommend. You should really read Sadie because it's so good. I will it's about a podcast. Ooh. So good. That's that's a little meta, reading a book about a podcast for a podcast. Right. That's why I didn't cover it. <laughs> I might cover it. Who fucking knows? It's so good. Um. So my number three was Stolen by Elizabeth Gilpin. I told my mom to read that book. And what, did she read it yet? She, no, she's very slow. She's waiting for her summer, her winter break. Mm, that's fair. Yeah. It... I like I stand by my original statement of right. like I just want to give this author her a like, hug, just like sweet baby angel, sweet girl, like give her a hug and give her a little kiss on the forehead and tell her <laughs> everything's gonna be okay. Right. I really I loved this story. I think the author did a great job in in summarizing her experiences without getting 
too into detail, mm-hmm. which I think can be triggering and upsetting to some people. Right. Um, but I really commend her for sharing such like a deeply personal story because I think some people wouldn't be able to do that. And I think that that's something I, I really admire about memoir writers or nonfiction writers is that they can share these very personal stories uh, with the fucking world because... I'm still processing my trauma from middle school. So um, (laughs) I really uh, commend the author for this. I think it was a great first book. And I'm curious to see if she writes another. Who knows? I would love, I would, I'm disgusting. I would love to know more about her experience. (laughs) I want to understand because I don't understand how parents could subject their children to something yeah, so like that. Yeah, so get like a parent's perspective. Yeah, I would mm-hmm. love to understand why her parents felt like this was the last resort they had. Exactly. Right. Um, and I, I, I would love to know. I would love to talk to this author. Yeah. Because sweet girl. Sweet baby angel. Honey, come here. Love. Let me give you a hug. My titties are so comfortable, <laughs> as I've been told. Oh, boy. You're number four? Four or two? Number three. Ooh, ooh, we're getting down to it. We're getting down to it. So my number three is another one that we covered on the pod. It's called This Is How You Lose the Time War. Mm, I'm surprised you put it up so high. It was so good. It by Amal El Mater and Max Gladstone. I gave it five stars. The rest of the books I gave five stars. Um it's a twisty turny space heist where red and blue hunt after each other throughout time to foil each other's plans. And I read it twice, like in preparation of covering it on the pod. It's, it, I needed a master's to understand that book. Listen, we recorded that. That was the last episode we recorded in person. It was. Yeah. Holy was. shit bags. It was, but it was really good. I feel like it was just so interesting and I needed to read it twice to kind of like really. I think that was May. No, no, it was way before May. March. Maybe March. March, I think. It might have been March. Business shit. March or or February, but it was very. um, It's a it's a lot to dissect at once. So if you need to read it twice to understand the book, please know that I also had to read it twice to understand the book. Don't feel bad about yourself. I probably need to read it like five times. Right, and it's but it's really good once you get past that. It's like very interesting how the authors kind of weave. February 15th is when we uploaded it. Yeah. So it was February. See, I knew it. I thought it was February. Yeah. So it was very interesting. I really enjoyed it. And it's very short. So if you're looking for a short book to finish out your Goodreads challenge, I would recommend that one. I'm definitely not reaching my Goodreads challenge. (laughs) What was your, what was your I challenged myself to 20 books this year. And how many are you at? I think I'm at like 10. Oh, bestie. (laughs) Listen, I missed a lot of weeks. Because of my foot. Because I was... You have to be more than 10. I don't think so. I think so. I think you have to be at like 12 or 13. I'm at 9 right now. Are you kidding? I Oh, I definitely haven't added to this challenge in a long time. No, yeah, I was going to say, there's... We have to... It tells me I'm 13 books behind schedule. No, you definitely have had more than that. Yeah, because the last one added was the project. Oh, yeah. Girly, come Mm -mm, on. mm -mm, mm Mm-mm. So my number two, we're getting down to it, is another one that we covered on the pod. It's called Lore by Alexandra Bracken. It was one of the first ones that we covered. Of this year. Yeah, and I gave it five stars. So Lore, I have, we have an episode about it. It's fantastic. It's about, it's, so Lore is about, it's like um, every seven years, there's an Aegon, Aegon, where the Greek gods are forced to become mortal. And are hunted by families with ancient ties. And that's basically the home premise. There's like a Hunger Games. It's kind of like a Hunger Games, but with like Greek gods. That sounds like fun. I would love to see Adonis just rip into Poseidon. I think that would be so fun. Yeah, but it's not like the Greek gods don't fight. It's more like the like the mortal hunters. Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, this has been a long time since I heard the story. So. Yeah, you know, I get you. But at the same time, I'd still like to see uh, Hunger Games with the original OG Greek gods. The, I think that would be a OG fun. 12? The, yeah, like, that right. would be such a fun fan fiction. Does anyone want to write it? Because I'll read Someone it. Someone please write it and send it to us. Yeah, and we'll read it for the podcast. Right. We'll, we'll do voices. It. We'll we'll do sound effects. <laughs> the whole shebang. Oh, boy. 
But yeah, I loved it. I thought it was five stars. It's um, only one book. It's a standalone. Mm. It's kind of, it's a little long, but it's a standalone. So you don't have to read a sequel. That's still fun. I prefer books that are by themselves. Right. Because then I don't feel obligated to read the rest of them. Exactly. So that was my number two. Do you want to read your two and then one? Yes. (gasps) Okay. So my number two was actually a book given to me by a very dear friend. (laughs) Oh no. Do I know what this is? I think I do. It. Oh, I love this person. They're so great. I'm bestie behavior. The next, my number two was The Wives by Taryn Fisher. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but Alicia gave me this book. I, I don't know if you guys know her. She's <laughs> for your birthday, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Thought. She's a very much an introvert. She doesn't really like to talk to people she doesn't know. That's it's why she, I'm like basically her only friend. <laughs> And that's why I got this book. Love it. <laughs> so listen, give me crazy women or give me death. They make the best protagonists. Let me tell <laughs> Let me tell you, my foot Early. is going into that bag. Anyway, um, they are they're the best, like protect like crazy women. God help them. We need more of them. <laughs> they make things so much more fun and interesting. And the twist at the end of this book, which, like, I'm not going to spoil it because then you wouldn't have a reason to listen to, to our, our episode. Yeah, exactly. But that twist is the reason that this book is number two on my list. Like, oh, oh, so good. So good. So good. I loved it. It was so well written, even though it had that crazy, like, the thing about it is that even though it was so well written, like, you had so many different avenues to go down of, like, what it could be. Mm-hmm. And I never considered what that twist was. Yeah. Like, you never consider it. But, like, going back and thinking about the story, it makes sense. sense. And that's what a good mystery thriller is, is that it it gives you that sense of security and that, like, you don't think of that outcome. You think of every other option. And then you're like, holy shit. This option was right there all along, and I didn't even consider it. That is fantastic mystery writing. Right. That's the same way I feel about Girls Like Us, which I've talked about a thousand times on this podcast. The Christina per- Aguilar, right? Christina Aguilar. Yes, girl. See how I knew that? I have never even read any of her books. I, I almost got her you. to read Girls Like Us. Almost. Close. But that's what I'm saying is that in that book, the perpetrator is someone you're introduced to, but you don't consider. So it's just like, it's, that's such strong, strong mystery writing to me. So I love that. Now my number one. Oh boy. Hold on. I need to look up these, this, this author's name. Cause I, I (gasps) you don't know your number one's author. Please go fuck yourself. Girl. It was a book of the month. Please go fuck yourself. I would know mine. You do know yours. And I hate you for it. (laughs) I would. So I've known mine. So my number one (laughs) Is Razorblade Tears by S.A. Cosby. Really? No relation to Bill Cosby. Really? Or at least I'm I actually hope. I'm surprised because I have a friend who read that book and she didn't like it that much. Really? Yeah. So but you have different tastes than her, so Yeah. I have a very interesting like choice taste. Like <laughs> I I have a specific genre I stick to, but like at the same time, like I'm very picky. This was an interesting episode because my brother was here when we recorded yes. this. He oh my actually God, I about that. did really well. Honestly, yeah, I'm so I, proud of Matthew. I know. I was actually really surprised how well he did on um, recording. Yeah, so am I. But I loved this book. Um, I I was super apprehensive about it when I initially ordered it from Book of the Month. Right. We're not sponsored, to be clear. But wish I wish right, Melissa. <laughs> Melissa, get on that. She's not unfortunately. Melissa doesn't work with Book of the Month anymore. Oh, they've changed offices. She told me. Uh. I actually applied to work at Book of the Month. Really? I did. They never got back to me. Ugh, bullshit. Um, but I was so I was like really apprehensive about it initially because it's about two old men. Yes, like, it's not like right. my typical choice. No, because we deal with men enough in our lives. But, like, I was really glad that I gave it a chance because it is such a good story of what a father is willing to do and what lengths he's willing to go to for their son, even if they have a rocky relationship. And I also just, like, I just, I loved the story progression, how it, it didn't feel rushed. Right. But it, it right. the pacing was so well done and it's just, like, the final showdown was so well done. And, like, I stand... 
buy my original offer to S.A. Cosby if you want me to help cast this movie. (laughs) I think I have incredible ideas and I would do it for free. But I also just feel like this would play out so well. Like this was written for like a movie adaption. Like this was so well done. I can see Vin Diesel. I can see Denzel blowing shit up and causing mayhem together. And I love it. (laughs) And I, I thought it was great. I was really surprised that this ended up being my number one, but I'm really happy that it is. I'm surprised too. I don't know what I expected to be number one, honestly, but... D- the wives were very close. They were very close, but... I, I'm not going to lie. Kind of like ego boost that... It, it was number two? Almost was number one. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Because <laughs> I gave it to you. I know. <laughs> I was like, mm, I feel like she would like this book. <laughs> Here, bestie, read this and get sucked in and don't read anything else for six months. <laughs> So what was your number two and number one? No, my no- I already gave you number Oh, right, two. right, 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 right. So what is your number one? My number one. I can't, I can't. I'm sitting on a couch, so I can't. There we go. And my headphones just fell off. Oh, no. So my number one is one that I did not cover for the pod, of course. Of course. Um, it's The Grace Year by Kate Liggett. And I give it five stars. I've obviously. never heard of this book. Not going to be. I'm going to be honest. So it's... So every year, teenage girls that are coming of age get rounded up and sent to an outpost for a year. Oh, absolutely not. I would immediately die. To get rid of their magic. It's, oh, I've heard of this book before. It's Hunger Games meets like Maze Runner. Oh, of. I've definitely heard of this game. And it's this book before. very interesting. I loved this book. I thought it was so clever and so well thought out. Before they all get rounded off and set it, sent off, they have like a ceremony where all the girls find out if they've been picked to get married to these men they get like a veil Mm. and so our main character is like i'm not getting a veil because i the main character is like what if i'm a lesbian no the main main character is like i could give two shits about getting married like i kind of just want to work the rest of my life like ew i'm sorry but like okay but she's like you know she's not like into the whole like oh i'm gonna i just want to play the sims for the rest of my life i don't need a man just like but that's what I mean. Like, what yeah. else is she going to do in this society, you know? It's either yeah. work or get married. And she's like, I really don't feel like getting married. Like, it's really not my, like, prerogative. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Right. So she's like, I'm not going to get a veil because, like, that's not really what I've been trying I just at. want a stable relationship. I don't need a ring. Well, she's not even looking for a relationship. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. <laughs> she's she's just like, oh, I've really not been trying for a relationship these past couple years. Like, I just kind of want to work the rest of my life. I'm just trying to, like, get through this. Just get that coin, girl. Mm-hmm. And her best friend is the one who ends up getting giving her a veil. And oh, hey. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit is right. And he was actually supposed to give another girl a veil. Ooh, and tea. She, yeah, it is, it's huge tea. And she gets a The other girl does end up getting a veil from another person, another guy. And, um, it's all this tea. And now this veil makes her a target when she gets sent off to this outpost. Why? Because. She's got a man. Because you now have, like, you've been marked by a man, of course, that. Ugh. Yeah. But it's, it's just such a good book because it completely turns everything on its head. And, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I loved it so much. And the, the main character really just, like, rebels against everything i love that and she just is like fuck this and she like tries to like rally the girls together and like kind of like you know be like we all should just get along and just like there's no reason for us to like infight but of course there's another girl who's Mm -hmm. just like i want all the power and, and and whatnot so she gets outcasted and she's just like fine i'll live on my own it's just so good i love this book and it's only one book it's a standalone. Ugh. I okay. I'm not gonna lie. As even though I just said I hate having like follow ups, sometimes books are so good you want to follow up. I want to follow up to this book so bad. Oh, so who's bad. the author? Pardon? Who's the author? Kate Liggett. Kate Liggett, get on this shit. <laughs> it's so good. Like Kate she. Kate Liggett, lick it. No, I'm sorry. You can hear that. It's fantastic. She wraps it up so well, but um. I understand why she wouldn't have a sequel because it would kind of not make sense, but it's so good. I loved it so much. I I love when that happens. I love when you become, I love the feeling of becoming obsessed with like a new book. It's just like the best feeling. Yeah. So that was my, my, um, 
you know, my, my top 10. That was your top 10. Yes. So do we want to do um, the book we hated the most? <laughs> Sorry. The, our least favorite read of the year? Or do I we want to do our I most? I had two runners up quickly. Okay. My two runners up were Anne of Green Gables. I finally oh, read. I read that with my mom when I was in middle school. And when I say I read that with my mom, I mean my mom read that to me in middle school because I was dyslexic and didn't know how to read. So, like, that was, like, something we bonded over. I loved Anne of Green Gables. I'm so glad you read it. Like, the original, original? Yes. Queen shit. Queen behavior. So, my mom is originally from Canada. She's always loved Anne of Green Gables. I watched the CBC version growing up and then watched the Anne with an E. I couldn't do Anne with an E because I was scared that I was going to ruin the book for me. It's it's hard because they add things, but they also... Exactly. They add things, but they also keep in things that other adaptations haven't yeah. kept in i still really like it i, I enjoyed it a lot i still like remember them like walking to school and someone having to hide in a ditch like i just i remember i love that book it's so good so i read the first two feisty redheads are the best yes ella montgomery i read the first two they were both fantastic i love them both deeply i actually read a retelling of them this year mm-hmm. And they weren't nearly as... It wasn't nearly as good. Of course like, not. It the, kind of crushed my heart. The remake is never as good. So that... though I would... It's basically the same book. You know, they're mm-hmm. like the first two, whatever. And then my other runner-up was The Soulmate Equation by Christina Lauren, the author duo. That's so funny. Shout out Kayla. That's one of her favorite authors. Yes. She sent me The Unhoneymooners. I, st- I still haven't read that one yet. I still need to read it. I'm so same. sorry, Kayla. I have been telling you for months that I'm going to read it. And it just I has own not- it. Uh, she At sent home. me the copy of a book, the book oh, for man. my surgery. She was like, "Feel better, get well soon." Here's jelly beans, a book, and a puzzle. And I did the puzzle, and I ate the jelly beans, and I never read the book. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, this woman equation is really cute. It's it's. I read the holidays or holidays last year by them, and I didn't like it that much. Mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of not fantastic. <laughs> but you could have done better, right? But this book kind of read like it kind of reads like fan fiction but it's so good it's oh i loved it i read it in a day but like because of that like it it wasn't like a top 10 material yeah you know but Wait, it was really good can i give my runner up then if we're yeah. doing runner ups yeah, okay i loved the survivors by jane harper which oh, i read yes. earlier this year yes, I yes. um i loved that that book first of all wasn't set in the u.s which i feel like almost all of the books that i read this year were loved reading in an australian accent oh, that was no. so much fun or Tas- tasmanian is tasmanian okay i'm gonna it's sound part like of a- australia yeah yeah it's part of it i just wasn't sure if they have a different accent you know and i don't know i don't know i don't want to offend you. our australian listeners which i know we have some because we do have downloads from australia which is by far the coolest shit i've ever heard <laughs> Thank you. But I loved that story. I loved the twist. I loved the plot. I loved, I thought it was great. It just, I don't know. I got to the end and I was like, oh, okay. I guess this is over. Anyway. And I wasn't like obsessed with it. It was, but it was a good book. It was a good book, but it just was like, okay, I'm moving on next. You know what I mean? Right. So that's why it's a runner up. Cause like it would have been on the list if we did 11. Right. So. All right. Do we want to give our worst? Yes, you can go first. Okay. I'm still not sure which one should be my worst. Oh, I have a singular worst. So, okay, I think I want to do this one because I didn't even finish it really. It's So this book is called Playing the Palace by Paul Rudnick. Oof. And I just thought, I just did not care for it. The dialogue and characters are cartoonish and the plot was so lackluster and I donated this one after I finished it. Really? I owned it and was like, I can't do it. It's It was not, I just could not get through it. That's it fair. just was so unrealistic that I was like, I can't even suspend disbelief in this one. Like, yeah. It made no sense. And that might be because I'm really, I'm really attached to Red, Red, Red White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston, <laughs> which is like some, like semi similar to this. Like mm-hmm. they're both to do with like, princes but the the way they like get together is completely different the mm-hmm. they're they're very different in their own right the only similarity is that the, the prince of england is in them both mm-hmm. i mm, was not a fan i like skimmed the second half of this book i was not a fan i think i only gave it i only gave it two stars mm. what's yours mine i didn't even cover for the podcast <gasps> Ooh, but i finished tea. it proudly 
It's called Girl Last Scene by Nina Lauren. I picked this up at Target because it was on discount. And I was like, let's just see what this is about. Yeah. And listen, I don't really want to talk about it because obviously I didn't cover it for the podcast. And that was for a reason. Um, I really had to grit my teeth to get through this book. And like, I don't want to, I hate like saying like I didn't like a book because I know that these authors put put, so much work. Yes. So like, I'm going to fault the editors for this instead. Um, so I don't know who the publisher was, which makes me feel even better because then I can just speak into a void. Um, I really, like I said, I really had to get grit my teeth to get through this. Um, I wanted to like it. I wanted to like the concept, but it just was not it for me. The pacing was just super off the, the transition between locations and time jumps. Like there was none. (laughs) So she would be at work and then she'd wake up in the morning and I'm like, where did that time go? What just happened? You know, it just didn't, it didn't work for me. Um, so it was very jarring in those experiences and I wanted to like it, but the ending was just so unrealistic. And so, Not it. That I just, I I couldn't. Couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I finished it proudly, but I just didn't love it. So that was my worst read. Oh, no. What is your most anticipated? One of your most anticipated. Or you can do both. Whichever one you want. Right. My first most anticipated is The Sun Bear Trials by Aiden Thomas. Love Aiden Thomas. I love Aiden Thomas. We are stands of him on this I, podcast. I'm a huge stan of Aiden Thomas. I've read, like, I think almost, I think I've read all the books he's read, published so far. Ooh. He Does wrote, he have any fan fiction we can read? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish he did. <laughs> I would cover that in a heartbeat. <laughs> but, oh my god. Free, too? Like, that's free. Exactly. What the? Although I do own his other two books. He (laughs) wrote Lost in the Neverwoods, which is my number four for the year. And yeah, this is a part of a a duology Mm. that looks so fantastic. The the blurb is, welcome to Sunbearer Trials, where teens semi, where teens semi doses, sorry, where teens semi doses compete in series of challenges with the highest of stakes in this Electric New Mexican inspired fantasy for Meet and Thomas. Ooh. So it looks fantastic and I'm very excited. Is that your only most anticipated? No, I have another one. What is your other one? So my next anticipated is Sheena Thorns by Cassandra Clare because I love Cassandra Clare and I've yet to cover a book on this pod, I know. <laughs> but I'll get to it one of these days. I am so excited. This is the last book in this trilogy. And I am so scared, besties. I am so scared. <laughs> if if Cornelia and James do not get together, guys, I'm losing it. I am going to lose it because how long, how is she going to get away with this? How long is she going to get away with this? Let me, like, tell me. Someone, please. Because this is, I can't. <laughs> like, I can't. Guys, if you, if you know what I'm talking about, Kayla, you know, because you finally finished <laughs> the second book. Um, she can't get, keep getting away with this. She can't because I'm going to lose it. And let me tell you, Matthew, you're on thin ice. I'm talking to you directly, Matthew Fairchild. You're on thin ice. The audacity you have to invite Cordelia. You're on thin ice. That's all I have to say. You're on thin fucking ice. Lucy, you too. Because homegirl, we have some things to talk about. <laughs> So yeah, those are my my um, most anticipated. Of course, I had to sneak a Cassandra Clare in there because she's my homegirl. I've been reading her since I was like 14. <laughs> so, you know, got to give her homegirl a shout out. What's, my, uh, yeah, what's yours? My you most three, anticipated. Right? Well, two and a half because one of them really doesn't count. <clears throat> so I'll start with the half. Um, I'm really excited. I'm going to get shit for this. I'm very excited. <laughs> For the Jamie Lynn Spears memoir. <laughs> oh no. Francesca. <laughs> and I'm going to read it and then probably cover it for the podcast. So nobody else has to read it either. Oh, you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> I'm doing the Lord's work. Nobody oh, else is going to have to read this garbage. All right. Um, so please don't give her your coin. Don't give her your money. She does not deserve it. But I'm just really curious to see how like she, what she's going to say and what she's what this fucking book is about. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Just like, so I'm curious. It's going to be an interesting read. 
Probably, maybe, probably not. Um, so that was my first one. So that was like the half, the two and a, the half of the two and a half. My first one, technically, is called "Reminders of You" by Colleen Hoover. I love a good Colleen Hoover. Yes, like- and like after hearing you talk about Verity, I'm really curious about this one. It's so the blurb from Goodreads is: a troubled mother yearns for a shot at redemption in this heartbreaking yet hopeful story. So I'm really curious about this one. Um, in the description, it says that the mom has just been released from prison mm-hmm. and she has a four-year-old daughter that nobody is letting her see, uh-huh. except for this one guy who has a relationship with the child and lets her, like, I'm just very curious about where this is going to go, Miss Ma'am, after right. reading Verity, after hearing Verity, not even reading it myself, but hearing about Verity, I'm very curious to see what this twist is going to be. Uh, so then my last one is The Caretakers by Amanda Bester Siegel. And in uh, the blurb, it says, set in a wealthy Parisian suburb, an emotionally riveting debut told from the point of view of six women and centered around a group of au pairs, one of whom is arrested after a sudden and suspicious tragedy strikes her host family. Oh, gee. And as someone who almost worked as an au pair for a summer in the Czech Republic, I'm intrigued. (laughs) And shout out to my ankles for derailing my summer in the Czech Republic. I... Would cut you off if I could. Quite literally, I would cut my ankles off if I could. Yeah, I know you would. This was the summer right after the summer I was had my surgery. Right. My la- my second surgery. Sorry. <laughs> Not my last surgery because my last surgery was in October. My second surgery. Right. Derailed my summer in Europe. Right. I think God just has favorites and I am not one of them (laughs) but yes I'm very excited this is a debut from this author so we don't know anything about them so this is solely based on the blurb and what I've read about it it sounds super interesting and I'm very excited about it so oh my god we're done we're done oh my banana sandwich I know and we'll be taking some time off in January yeah I don't know how much we haven't discussed that yeah, we really haven't discussed it but we both I feel like we need this yeah we both We're, have agreed to that yeah mentally for Alicia physically for me I just need <laughs> actually it's mentally physically and emotionally for me but we need a break homies. we'll probably be back like end of January yeah I would think, I would think. Right. 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 We'll have a, at least one episode in January. Yes. So, you know, stay tuned for that. Everyone have a fantastic new year. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Bookaholics Pod. You can find me on Twitter at Ticks with an X or uh, on Instagram at Francesca Hope. Shut up, Alicia. And stop mouthing the words at me. You're throwing me off. And where can they find you? You can find me on Goodreads, Alicia Reads 13, or on Storygraph, Just Alicia Reads. And we'll see you in the new year. Bye.